Welcome to the Rugby League Outsiders, the show dedicated to promoting rugby league of all formats and levels outside the traditional heartlands. From tips and tricks for on-field success to interviews with players and coaches and everything in between. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or an absolute newcomer, this show is for you. So grab your headphones, sit back and get ready for this week's episode of the Rugby League Outsiders. Okay, welcome to another episode of Rugby League Outsiders. My name's Craig. My name's Carl. We've got two great guests this week um, and we've gone for very much a referee theme. So lads, thank you very much for, for turning up and no joining problem. us. We've got uh, Mark Austin and Lewis Collins, both Midlands-based referees. Um, we're going to discuss their journey through rugby league and how, and maybe more interestingly, why they got into, they became referees. Um, and we'll also tackle our uh, six news stories from around the Midlands and the broader game, including the first ever woman's head coach at North Wales Crusaders, which is a great story yeah, fantastic. to be talking about. And also great news for wheelchair rugby league fans in the Midlands, specifically uh, in Birmingham. So Carl's going to share that with us. Before we get into that, though, um, I'd just like you both just to um, kind of introduce yourselves briefly. Tell us kind of what you do and what brought you through rugby league to this point now. Yeah, go <laughs> on. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Hi. I'm, uh, so, yeah, I'm Lewis. Um, I live in Shrewsbury. I uh, lived there for past 10 years. So, yeah, I guess interesting journey, really, into rugby league. I, uh, I grew up, you know, like a lot of people in Cornwall, um, playing rugby union, where rugby league is a you know is a swear word and just mm. doesn't exist. Um, so yeah, I, you know, played union for years and years, right up through. Um, I was playing you know decent level schoolboy um, rugby at Welbeck College. Um, played at uni, um, and I actually got into refereeing union um, when I was at university, quite seriously. So I was refereeing like Bucks, um, you know, university rugby. Uh, really enjoyed that, and that was probably my serious foray into refereeing. Um, and then, yeah, obviously left university into the you know real world, um, and kind of you know left things, I suppose, for a few years, and didn't really have any involvement in rugby. Um, and then, yeah, so I guess you know with the lockdown, I think things change for a lot of people. Um, you know, reassessing things and right, what am I going to do whilst I'm sat at home? Um, and yeah, you know, I've really been getting into rugby league. I was watching a lot of Super League. Um, you know, my family background, you know, my, my dad's from Halifax. So rugby league kind of runs in my blood, even though, God's you country. know, God's country. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it kind of runs in my blood. Uh, you know, I was saying to Carl the other day, you know, my, my great grandma was really involved with uh, Halifax Rugby League. Um, knew all the players and um, so yeah I'd, I'd kind of in the background to everything had been watching rugby league from a distance as it were um, so when the RFL I think I saw it on Facebook actually interestingly they were running a course um, and obviously at the time during COVID it was all virtual um, so I thought well why not give it a shot you know I, I don't know why just seeing the refereeing in yeah. Super League I'm like you know I fancy a bit of that kind of thing and <laughs> being a bit ambitious but yeah so signed on with um a course which was virtual and online so i did that in um 2021 um and yeah do you know what I, and we'll go on to it a little bit more but you know what was great was that course there was probably about 80 guys on it um so great for scooping up as many people as possible but you know like ben thaler was on that course you know like sort of chipping in and you know how great is that that you had a super league referee kind of right down you know at the coal face as it were yeah. you know training community 
level referees. So, Booed yeah. him a few times from terraces. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. I think everyone was more in awe of him uh, in, in, at that time rather than shouting at him. But yeah, that, you know, that was great. So um, yeah, 2021, I started refereeing in the Midlands. Um, you know, obviously being Shrewsbury based, you know, I was refereeing Telford Raiders a fair bit. Um, but yeah, I've refereed kind of all over the Midlands, really. Um, so yeah, this will be this summer coming up is my third season refereeing in the Midlands. Um, and I guess aside from that, the past year, I've also been coaching with the Shrewsbury Lions. So I know you had Alex on as a guest last week. So I coached with Link him. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like you're professional. <laughs> exactly. I'll link it in nicely to last week. Um, so yeah, so I, I also uh, coach the under eights at Shrewsbury Lions. Um, thoroughly enjoy that. I mean, how did I get into that? Well, basically, I took my seven-year-old lad up. So he was playing Diddy Rugby and, you know, the perfect story as Alex was describing last week so my lad went up to Shrewsbury Lions I think the first week I stood there on the sidelines and I was a bit like getting a bit itchy and like I don't really want to be stood in the howling rain from the sidelines so I text Alex like that evening and went need a hand do you need a hand and I yeah. think about 12 seconds later I got a text <laughs> back from Alex going yes yes like come down you're so a, you're on a coaching course next week. yeah 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 so uh yeah that was that was how that started so yeah I've been doing that for the past uh you know year or so and you know I thoroughly enjoy that as well so it's great to see my lad playing rugby league now um and yeah just looking forward to summer ahead really and you know I'm now fully dedicated rugby league fan referee coach and every Bit of union has been beaten out. Mate, <laughs> well, Lewis, say. yeah, th thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll chat to you again, like I said, later on. Uh, Mark, over to you then. So, what has been your journey through rugby league? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Witness. Um, I wasn't really into rugby league at all when I was growing up. Um, I was really into football. I'm an Everton fan because that's like the, the, the closest football team to where I was growing up. And, and in the 80s, Everton were good. Uh, and then I started following them, then they weren't so good. Um, but no, so I, was, I was into football, a goalkeeper, and uh, didn't really know much about rugby other than uh, my eldest brother. He would come home from the rugby every Sunday and talk about how Witness won again. And, and I thought, I, I quite fancy doing that. But no, I was into the football. Um, so yeah, so at that time, uh, that is when Witness again were becoming good. Um, uh, when Martin Fire signed, and yeah. um, and then we became league champions twice. Again, I wasn't there watching them at that point. Um, <laughs> but that round, of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, round about that time, um, some of the witness players came into my primary school and showed everyone the trophies they won, the Premiership, the league um, championship, uh, not the Challenge Cup because at the time that was evading us. And I thought. This, this looks like something I'd like to get involved in. Um, but again, I was still into the football. Um, but then some of my mates at primary school were into the rugby. They went and played amateur level. But again, wasn't really following it. But then um, my primary school teacher started up a team. And from then off, I'll, I'll, I'll get involved in this. And that is when I think my love for rugby league just not right, really kicked in because I started to play it. And then um, Witness uh, brought out a scheme to get the youngsters involved. So they sent out uh, a notice to all the primary schools um, to bring along the kids to another school where all the local amateur coaches came along and they coached us. And if we did the three sessions, we got a free season ticket. Wow. So, yeah. So that, again, that's another thing that got me hooked. 
this idea of just going along to, to see what's going on for free. And then from then, I've been a season ticket holder ever since. And since then, ever to, uh, witness have just gone downhill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we, we, we became world champions. And, uh, and again, there was, there was like, plays were treated like royalty around the town. And everyone wanted to go and watch. But then... Witness fell on some hard times, and then it didn't quite work out so well in Witness uh, amongst the fans. But again, I, I've, I've stuck with it because I'm very much a traditionalist and uh, follow my home uh, team. Um, so I didn't really play amateur rugby. It was mainly at school level. Um, and did a bit at college and university because I was just into watching rugby, uh, rugby league. Um, getting a season ticket all my life, and I went home and away all my life. Um, then I moved to the Midlands. It was only meant to be for one year. Um, got involved with Wolverhampton Wizards, as they were at the time. Uh, again, another team that didn't have a win before I went, so I, t I tend to follow these teams around. <laughs> um, but then again, it was, I, just, I just settled in the Midlands, and, and now I'm here for good, I think. Um, so became involved with uh, the Wizards. You eventually became Wolverhampton. I know Carl used to play for Wolverhampton when the Wizards merged with the Warlords. Yeah. Um, that was around about 2010. Um, yeah, so something the, like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but again, they they were fun times. And then as I realised that you know what, I'm, I, I can't. I'm, I've not got the skill or the fitness to keep up with the the players that we're playing against. I thought, well, what else is there that I could do? Um, and I know um, I got involved with New Ravens because uh, I said to Jason Spafford once, I said, look, Wolverhampton Rugby League isn't working anymore. I said, uh, if you need me, me to fill in uh, a shirt, I says, I'll do it whenever you're struggling. And every week since then, he's been struggling. <laughs> so, not struggling, but yeah. he knows I'll yeah. come and I'll do a job. Um, but then it, it got to a point where I remember one training session, Jason said, we're really struggling for a referee on Saturday. There's just doesn't seem to be the referees in the region. And I thought, that's not good. To develop the game, you've got to have people who are willing to put their hand up and say, I'm going to get this game on. So I thought, that's something I'd like to do. And one of the people that I used to go uh, watch the rugby with, he got involved in refereeing in witness. And I thought, if he can do it, I can do it. So, and again, uh, referees get a hard time, but without the referees, the games don't, yeah, yeah. don't go yeah. on. So... Yeah, so that's my story. Well, you know, we originally set this podcast up to find passionate rugby league fans in the Midlands, and we've, it sounds like we've definitely got two huge, you know, passionate rugby league fans here. Mm. So um, I'm looking forward to chatting to you. Um, okay, so we're going to move over onto our set of six. So this is six news stories from around the region and all also from, uh, from the broader region. So over to you, Cal. Okay, so story one is... Well, we've already touched on it. North Wales Crusaders have appointed Wrexham-based Becky Davis as their first ever women's head coach. Uh, Welsh international Davis is a former Warrington Wolves player and has recently signed for Salford Red Devils. There's a bit of a quote from her here. She said, uh, I'm over the moon. It's going to be an exciting adventure and I'm really looking forward to it. That's a brilliant story. Uh, without getting too far into like the referee inside of stuff, I mean, the women's games getting massive you know it's growing rapidly uh, are you looking forward to to refereeing some of those games this summer or will you get a chance that's something i'd like to do i mean i mean i've like yourself lewis i've uh, been refereeing just a few years now so i'm just learning how to not be a player and how to be a referee now the man in the middle uh, but eventually i'd like to 
build up and get a few more qualifications to go on to like the, the women's game as well. Um, I, I really think that's something the rugby league need to really get into because yeah. uh, I, th- I think at the World Cup, the women's game and the wheelchair rugby, um, it was a shining light for the sport. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah I just totally echo what Mark was saying there. I think uh, the inclusivity, I think, in rugby league is a shining beacon, I think, to sport in the UK as a whole. Um, it's almost as like it's not a thing, you know, that the a woman's being appointed as a head coach, you know, and, that, and that's kind of the way it should be. Um, but, yeah, certainly I, th- I think, you know, not just the women's game, but I'd say wheelchair rugby league, the age group rugby, you know, they're great opportunities going forward. You know, yeah. there's going to be more games here in the Midlands and that's going to give the likes of me and Mark more opportunities to referee as well. So, yeah, it's only a positive thing and I think it's great that it's kind of almost exploding, you know. Um, uh, yeah, not just in the Midlands, we're talking North Wales and as I was saying earlier, you know, I grew up in Cornwall, there's rugby league in Cornwall, you know. So the yeah. opportunities everywhere for all age ranges genders abilities is uh, is huge so Massive, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's only a good thing but it seems like since we started this podcast we've sort of mentioned the women's game almost every week because yeah women's and wheelchair the, every it, week it gets a mention it's it's getting bigger and bigger which will take me on to tackle too which is it's not necessarily a story this but it's a bit of a rumor so is women's rugby coming to north nottinghamshire uh sherwood wolf hunt i've put a few little snippets out i've noticed on the Social media hinting that there's possibly a new women's team coming there. And, and have you been trying to get amongst them, trying to get a bit more news out of them, Carl, like, you're, like um, you do? Or? I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we, 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 you know, we'll just look out. We'll look out for the a guest coming on the show in a couple of weeks. So we'll, 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 we'll go from there. Uh, right, tackle three. Birmingham Bulldogs first team training will start on the 22nd of March. 7.30pm, Kings Norton Rugby Club. So anybody 16 or over who's looking to play rugby league in Birmingham, the dates have been set for their training. They're currently advertising for new players. Is that before or after the Raiders start? I'm just wondering who's getting the, who's getting the foot up. I've been looking, actually. Uh, that's before. Is it? Yeah. There's, um, I think we announced Leamington's dates. They're all sort of starting end of March. Raiders are April. So they're coming to the party a little bit later. Yeah, we'll see how that folds unfolds <laughs> when the uh, when the season when starts. When the season starts, tackle four. Uh, three rugby league outsider teams have made it into the fourth round of the Challenge Cup. We, we're sort of championing these teams now. Anybody outside the Heartlands, are, they're now officially a, a rugby league <laughs> outsider team. So yeah, four. Uh, they made it through the next round of the Challenge Cup. So North Wales Crusaders they beat Thato Heath. Uh, 18-10 Newcastle Thunder they picked a win up against Stanningley and of course the Midlands Hurricanes beat Oral St James 19 points to 12 which was a very interesting game I don't know if anyone's seen any highlights or Twitter feeds or I think there yeah, were some tweets yeah yeah it was a, an old school uh, slobber knockers there was <laughs> two red cards and four yellow cards in that game it was 10 aside at one point um, that's like 90s rugby league isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it was in Wigan so yeah <laughs> what else can you say so yeah I'm looking forward to the next round of the Challenge Cup um, well it could be I mean was it a red card either side I mean they're going to get bans are they or is it going to affect the next round well it depends when the next round is, I suppose, yeah, don't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so there's two community clubs still in the draw. 
a couple of uh, rugby league outsider teams, and then so I'm I'm looking for by the time this airs, the draw will have been made. So we'll we'll, we'll see where it's going. See like who who the Hurricanes have drawn and Crusaders. It'd be interesting. I'm hoping you know they for their sake they get a big team to join some big crowds. I was going to say, is it my understand some of the bigger teams will go into the fourth round? I can't remember exactly, but I the, think for the next two rounds, it's just uh, the championship teams yeah. and the other teams that won and the Super League will come in, not the next round or the next round after that, it's the one after that. Oh, is it? So, oh, okay, yeah. so it's still yeah. a way off, yeah. Uh, yeah, but... the, uh, West, War West Warriors um, played uh, Witness at the weekend. I didn't get down, I didn't yeah. get up to see Witness, but... Um, um, the result suggested there is really one-sided, but I, I don't think that mattered in this context. Um, I think it's just the experience for the West Warriors to go to... I mean, it was meant to be down in London, but they switched it to Witness, and for them it's just the experience of playing in a stadium like that and against the opposition. And uh, I know a lot of Witness fans didn't have a clue who West Warriors were. Yeah, They didn't even know it, they were from London. So, but now they've done some digging and delving. I suppose they're like um, in the, the the community game. I think they're going to be every witness fan's second team. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw the the photograph of both teams together, and they were socialising on the pitch after yeah. the game. Yeah. And I, I saw West Warriors. Twitter feed that they put something like their Twitter followers were up like four hundred twenty odd percent <laughs> in, in, in one week. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, great news for them. Uh, tackle five. Telford Raiders ex-player Josh Hodson scored four tries for Batley Bulldogs this weekend. Uh, so he, our radar, um, I say over the week, um, he was all over Twitter. Um, fantastic story. I said fantastic again. I say fantastic every week, but it, it, it is a really brilliant story. Um, brilliant, you know. Uh, <laughs> another Midlands lad who's you know he's ripping it up in 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 the in the heartlands. I saw that, and I, and I didn't. I knew who Josh Hodgson was because uh, again playing for Batley, and um, I thought I didn't even realise he was he played at Telford, but um, Telford had done all right, considering the, uh, a team from away from the Heartland, they've done all right with supplying uh, players for clubs, haven't they? Yeah, there's a fair few. Uh, Ricky played for St. Helens. Yeah. Um, there was a lad, Oscar, he made it through into the, in the Wigan ranks. So, and isn't the one at um, uh, Hurricanes, Hayden Freeman? Uh, I don't know if he's a Telford lad, but I, I tell you, there's, a, there's a lad at um, Lee. In fact, there's two. Yeah, there's a lad at Lee. There's a lad at Lee. Yeah, there's a few. Mm. My mic's dropping out again, but... Uh, yeah, they've, they've supplied a few to you know like the semi-pro pro ranks, mm. and I think there's there's quite a few te like teams from Nottingham as well. They've, they've, they've had a quite a few players come through, um, which we've got to keep investigating, and we'll keep championing these people. Yeah, definitely. So tackle six, biggest story of the week. This one, uh, wheelchair super league is coming to Birmingham on April the fifteenth. So. Uh, this year they've sort of announced uh, almost four like little magic weekend sort of thing, and there's there's going to be one in Manchester, one in London, one in Newcastle, which is going to be the same time as the uh, the magic weekend, and then there's going to be one in Birmingham. So the the fixtures that are going to be taking place are going to be Halifax v Wigan, uh, Wire versus Hull, and London versus Leeds. So I think that's something we'll definitely get around to watch. I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, and again, it's just the success of the wheelchair rugby. Everyone's now looking forward to it. Um, the Leeds players, I noticed they had their season launch this week. All of a sudden, the wheelchair players have now got the names on the backs of the shirts because we all know who they are now. You know, for the success of the England. Mm. Mm. I, 
Yeah, I, I think that was, you know, incredible. And then we, we just touched on like, it in terms of inclusivity and, and things. Like, you know, the World Cup really showcased, I think, you know, the equality in the game, which, uh, you know, if we get onto it later and things, you know, one of the reasons we probably love it so much. And, um, you know, when I, when I saw those fixtures being released, you know, I was just thinking, I'm absolutely going to take my son to Birmingham to go watch those games because, you know, we watched it on TV because, you know, they showed the... World Cup final on yeah. BBC One, yeah. and you know there's four and a half thousand people down in London. You know that that's incredible, and you know in what other sport do you get that kind of jump? You know, yeah. The not- we- the wheelchair final tickets were the hottest ticket in town, weren't they? I mean, I started watching the wheelchair rugby at the start of it. Never really watched it before. Within two weeks, I was like, right, I've got to get to the final and go watch it. Sold out straight away. You, mm. couldn't, you couldn't get there, could you? Oh. Are we, are we going down the rabbit warren of the uh, French referee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> Has he still got a job? <laughs> so, yeah, since we've got a couple of referees on, I don't yeah. know if... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe they might need to uh, you know, increase the quality slightly on that front, but Definitely. otherwise it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the set of six for this week, then. Yeah. Okay, so this is the part of the show that we call the handover. We've done our six tackles, now we're handover to you, um, and we kind of dig into you know your 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 careers your, your time as referees and you know get a bit of an insight into that the obvious place to start is kind of what inspired you and you know what are the reasons for becoming a referee and, and ultimately like you know we don't do anything that unless we get something back so what is it that you get back from from refereeing well, as i said earlier uh, for me can't keep playing for the rest of my life so so what next and um just helping the Midlands to grow. I think that was the most important thing for me. Uh, without the referees, you haven't got a game. Um, so stepping aside from club loyalties and stuff like that, I thought if there's a team and another team and they just want to enjoy the game, then I've got I've got to help that happen. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably for myself, there's you know, an element of practicality in it, I think, as well. You know, when you're playing, there is an awful lot of commitment, you know, and as you go up the ladder, more so. Where I think refereeing, you know, say once you're in the real world a little bit and, you know, it's job and kids and all that kind of thing, refereeing gives a certain level of flexibility. You know, yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's hardly the most sort of inspiring, you know, why we get into the game kind of thing. But but for me, that that, that that's a big part of it. And, do you know what? I enjoy travelling to other clubs, you know, around certainly around the Midlands, um, meeting new people. And yeah, I think as Mark says, it is that without us, you know, the game doesn't go ahead. You know, say for myself, you know, there's a practical element to it, but I think at the same time, you know, I, I you know, I enjoy still being part of the game um, without the training twice a week and playing at the weekend and then the body being absolutely broken, yeah. you know, after getting in some sort of crappy ice bath or something back at home so uh yeah i do i enjoy getting to be able to walk pretty normally on a monday morning <laughs> so um yeah no i you know i is you know i i enjoy the sort of traveling aspect to it you know i enjoy meeting new people um and rugby league's been a bit of a journey for me you know in, in learning you know i'm learning still every game you know this is my third season i'm still pretty new to it and actually every game is a learning opportunity mm. and actually i thoroughly and you know in my life i like learning and progressing and moving on to next thing and refereeing really gives that um you know focus on sort of learning and being better you know every week so yeah. so, so i mean what is the reality you know, obviously carl and i played 
for so many years. We've had great refs. We've had terrible refs. You know, we... I've had terrible moments with refs, all this kind of... It must feel at times like it's a bit of a thankless task and that you're like, you know, whatever. Why am I giving up my time? You know what I mean? And, and, and how do you kind of overcome... I mean, is that reality? Is, it, is that true or...? Um, I've never experienced that in rugby league where you feel it's a thankless task, even when... You can't have ref me too many times. <laughs> well, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to tiptoe around this, Carl. But you, you've always been, uh, you know, the few times I've refereed you. Know, but no, but there is, even when you're frustrated, even when, you know, the decision hasn't gone your way. Do you know what? The decision might not be right, by the way, in the grand scheme of things, but there's always been a level of respect. I think this goes for both codes, by the way. You know, it's yeah. the same when I was refereeing union. You know, I don't think at any time you felt like it was a thankless task and what am I doing here and I don't want to be here kind yeah. of thing. It's this... certainly not like football, is it? No, you know, exactly. You, you, know, you, you, know, you, you see 11 players running after referee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think there's time, you know, when players are frustrated and, you know, they'll make a comment or they'll, they'll shout something out, you know, there's still that undercurrent of respect. Yeah. And I've never felt any different in rugby league. So it's not really something I've, I've had to manage. And um, yeah, I guess that's probably some reason why we keep going and yeah. you know, <laughs> why we turn up the next week. So, yeah. Well, right, so I wouldn't, wouldn't say it's a thankless task. Um, I've looked at things from both sides of the fence and I've been a player for X amount of years and when you're a player you're just one dimensional it's all about you yeah. and your team and the only team that should be coming out of this in, in, in the right way is your team you need to win and if you don't win then it's the referee's fault in, in a, lot, a lot of respects um, but I think that has helped me when I'm a referee I'm looking at it from the point that that team want to win and that team want to win. Um, so I understand that. Um, but it's it's not a thankless task. What I've thought is people have asked me, what is it like to be a referee? And, and the, the word I use is, it's lonely. Yeah. Um, mm. Again, because when I'm playing, I've got my 12 teammates. When I'm refereeing, I'm by myself and I've got that 13 players, that 13 players. And at other level, there's no touch judges. There's no in-goal judges. There's no um, video referee. You're going to make the decisions yourself. So, yeah, so, and so I can really understand why some players might get annoyed with referees. Um, but again, I'm now fully understanding of referees, and I will never criticize another referee, especially at our level, ever again, because I know how difficult it is. Yeah. Referees don't go out there to make lives in misery. Some might have some sort of agenda, I don't know, but from my point of view, no, I'll just judge what I see. And if, People don't like that. I'll say, right, there's a flag, there's a flag. Help me out here. So, Do either of you get nervous before a game? Because if someone said to me, I mean, I've, I can have the biggest mouth on the pitch, I'll be honest with you, I can top sledge you. <laughs> but if someone said to me, go and referee that match, honestly, I'd run a mile, it'd frighten me to death. So do, 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 you, get any, do you get nervous before you do it? Um, yes, is probably the... Simple answer, but it's also mixed in with a level of excitement as well. So I think yeah. it kind of yeah. tempers that nervousness. I, you know, and I guess Mark might be the same. You know, I, I've never been a player, by the way, of rugby league. You know, I've played union for years and years and years. I've never played a game of rugby league. Um, so, yeah, of course, there's an element of, you know, refereeing it for three years or, you know, coming up to my third year. Um, yeah, every game, there is still an element of nerves, but... 
I enjoy refereeing rugby league that much that actually I get really excited. Keep going back for more. Yeah, when the appointments come out, you know, you're excited when your name's down there and, um, yeah, those nerves go away. And I think, as I say, there is, I think, personally, there is that undercurrent of respect and understanding at the very core of it. Mm. On the surface, Carl, you might be, you know, (laughs) but... Actually, yeah, you know, it's not end of the world when, you know, things don't go your way or whatever, mm. you know, and it's the same for a referee, I think. Um, so, yeah, nervous. And have you, have you got um, a particular challenging match that kind of stands out in your mind <laughs> without kind of, well, you throw, throw, you throw names out if you want, I, but, you know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is an honest, it's an honest <laughs> podcast, is this? And so, I'm not yeah. holding back. <laughs> <laughs> I read my first ever game, refereed, both sets of players understood. It was my first game, but yeah. I made sure they knew before the game, look, I've played the game yeah. for X amount of years. I watch it every week. And so that, that game went all right. Second game I had, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll be all right here. And it was Telford Raiders versus Leamington. You weren't involved in this, Carl. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> There's a pattern. <laughs> you, you, you weren't picked for that one. <laughs> but um, it was a brutal game. It was a real step up. Because the first game, it was Nottingham versus... Um, yeah, Nottingham versus Leamington. But it's sort of like second string teams. Then when I went over to referee Telford versus um, Leamington, it was, like I said, it was just brutally... It was just another level. And I thought, I'm going to have a job controlling these players here. I mean, it's not my job to control them. It's my job to make sure they're happy enough to play the game. Yeah. My job to make sure they're understanding the rules, make sure they're respecting me. But that was difficult because there was a few moments and I thought, am I going to have to get into my back pocket here to get a card out? And I thought, I don't want to do that. But yeah. thankfully I didn't. There was one point I thought, I'm going to show, and I thought, no, I'm not. I'm going to try and just try and manage the game. But there was characters in the game. Characters that haven't played much rugby league, played a lot of rugby union, so they needed a lot of coaching. So rather than pointing the finger and say, look, I know the rules here and you don't, coaching played through it. They respected that. And the players that have played rugby league for a lot of years, if you just explain things to them, then there's, there's a mutual understanding. So I got through the game that way, but it was just the way the forwards were pounding into each other and there's so much aggression, there was niggling, I thought, have a bit enough more than I can chew it. But they're just learning experiences at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally echo there. I think um, some of the games we referee is sometimes a coaching session as well. You know, that you're almost... It would be easy to start going for cards or giving penalties and six agains, like, you know, left, right and centre. But I think actually, yeah, there is an element of coaching required on both sides. Um but that does tend to control games better, I think, you know, and as you go on and you referee more games, I think you find that, that, you know, there's that understanding again, do you know what I mean? And I think, again, there's that undercurrent of respect that comes from both ways. So, yeah, I I think probably that's um, a good way of managing a game, actually. Right, gents, quick question. In a game, then, do you aim to stamp your authority in the first couple of minutes in a match? And I'll tell you where I'm coming from with this one. (laughs) 1987. (laughs) No, no, no. As a player, the first thing I do in any set of six is I always test the referee out to see how the referee's going to play a game out. So you make a tackle first, set of six, whatever. I always hold down that little bit longer than I would normally. Yeah. Just that, to that, that's part of the game. Ju- ju- yeah, yeah, just just to, sit, just to gauge where the, re- where the referee is and how the game's going to be played and at what sort of speed the game's going to be played. So 
As referees, do you try and stamp your authority early doors just to lay a marker down? Me personally, no. Right. Um, I try to let the teams just uh, suss each other out, uh, embed in, and I'll just, I, I won't give penalties. I'll just coach them from behind and say, I'm watching this, I'm watching that, stay away from there, and so on. Because I've played with referees um, who have gone out to stamp their authority, and it just winds the players up, and it, and the game becomes messy, and you have a lot of back chatting at, at the referee. So again, from a player's point of view, I've learnt the sort of things that happen uh, when a referee stamps their authority. But again, maybe in the future when I become a bit older, maybe I will try and do that a bit more. But again, I need to think about the, the player's perspective here. Uh, they don't want a, a, a referee who's got an agenda of um, I'm in charge, I'm the person that you need to respect. It. It's it's all about mutuality for, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, if you start doing that and like, Carl, if I pinged you on tackle two or something like 12 seconds into the game, we're kind of negating the whole reason why we love rugby league, mm. which is free-flowing, fast rugby. Because if you set that precedent early doors, well, you're going to have to keep going with that or else you're going to start getting grief from the players yeah. and the coaches that then you're not being consistent. Um so yeah, I, I think doing that leads to a very early fork in the road that you're going to have a really, as Mark said, messy game where you're trying to be consistent by giving penalties and you know wiping yeah. the tackle count early on, um, and it's just not fun. And then, mm. we, as I say, we're totally disregarding why we love rugby league, why I love refereeing rugby league. So I don't want to be doing that, mm. you know. Yeah. So yeah, for for me, I very much similar. You do try and let the game flow, you know, or else I might as well go and back and referee union if I want to be given a scrum every two minutes, <laughs> you know. And we can all just stand around getting cold, can't we? But, yeah. 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 My my background in the military, we we used to speak a lot about like escalation of force, you mm. know. And if you're going too hard, like it's really hard to scale that back. It's really hard, you know. And then. Um, and it's it's really easy to get that wrong as well. Um, so to start off at a, at a level and then and then escalate the force as you need has always been like a, a bit of an easy way. Which don't give you free reign to do whatever you want in the first <laughs> ten minutes of a match. Test it, aren't you? Yeah, you've got to test it. So what kind of prep do you do before a match? I mean, you know, maybe even weeks before, days before, hours before, minutes before. You know, what kind of things? Um, are you doing in the run-up to a match? I, I mean, I was going to give you the answer where I'm eating bowls of pasta for the week <laughs> yeah. before and doing loads of game analysis for the week before. Running um, that treadmill and... Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We just taper like it down. Like a Rocky montage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we taper it down, you know, a couple of days before and, you know, the kit's all laid out and all that. Um, no, uh, but in seriousness... Uh, Again, it ties back to the learning process. So I'm still looking on the RFL's website to make sure I'm brushing up on the the, the laws of the game. Yeah, referring to <laughs> yeah. laws. laws of the game. Yeah. Good. Um, Guide, but no, I, guidelines. I, yeah, guide, or guidelines for you, Carl. Um, <laughs> but no, but no, like, like seriously, kind of, you know, once the appointments come out, you know, and it is, you know, just find out where you're going, um, doing doing a little bit of research on the teams and seeing yeah. what you can see on social media and some results. Um, but yeah, I'm still looking on the RFL's website for you know any law changes that have come in, which does happen every season. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I guess there is an element of prep involved. So I could joke around that I'm having Chinese the night before and getting bugger all sleep. But uh, no, actually you are doing a bit of prep and I will get my kit out and make sure yeah. it's all ready to go for, for the morning. And, you know, I make a bit of a day of it, you know, on, on the day, you know, so the morning I, you know, I'm trying to eat right. I'm trying to get a bit of sleep, um, making sure I'm getting to where I'm going. I will religiously check that I've got my whistle with me. I don't know what it is about my whistle, because if you haven't got your whistle, you're, you're knackered, aren't you, Mark? So um, I don't know why I check like five or six times, like front pocket, whistle, whistle, have you, have whistle. You, have you left it behind? No, no, never. never, never so, so I don't, I don't even, I haven't even got a scenario to hark back to. I just guess <laughs> I, I worry it will happen at some point. So, you know, first yeah. time for everything. I'd just echo everything you said about the, um, looking on social media. I mean... I suppose you, you want to understand the gravity of a yeah. game, do you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll look on social media, but I'll also be in contact with the relevant people at the clubs. And just, I just want to know, like, how do they want the game to pan out? Um, so I'll be asking about uh, what's your squad looking like? Um, how many subs have you got? Do you want to do rolling? Because if it's a right. friendly. Yeah. So rather... how, how fluid can you be in that kind of, you know, subs? And as long as coaches agree yeah. and it's, it's reasonable and you're quite... Well, I would say, I would say, at this level that we referee at the Midlands, um, I mean, I've I played in the Midlands since 2002, and in 2002, I would say there was a lot of rigidity in in your squads and your team sheets and stuff like that. Um, Pete clubs would get, um, they'd get, I'm not sure the word, but they, they would look at it religiously, and I'm thinking. This level of rugby league in the middle is where we're trying to grow things. We need to be a lot, a lot more flexible. And when it comes to squads, as long as there's agreement by either side, it's yeah. a case of, right, if you've got 25 players and you want to play the 25 players, and if the other team have only got 20, they say, go ahead, then let's do it. I mean, within reason. Yeah. Um, because yeah, we're just trying to grow the game, aren't we? We're not trying to stilt it. We're not trying to say, right, you can't play today. You're outside the, the squads. So, but again, it, it depends on the competition as well. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to realise, you know, it's not Super League. Um, as much mm. as we'd like to all think that it is, and I'd like to think that I'm a Super League referee, I'm not. Um, <laughs> mm. But yeah, I, I found there is generally agreement mm. between coaches. And again, it's mutual respect and understanding that, you know, it's the community game. Mm. And, you know, we are all out to ultimately have a good afternoon. You know, so yeah, the, I don't find too much... I don't try to be rigid myself no. and I'll kind of go with the flow with the, yeah. with the coaches and yeah. it's usually been the case. So you, uh, you just said a second ago that word Super League. Mm. So do either of you have any ambitions to go any further or are you just quite happy refereeing in the community game or do you have aspirations? Well, uh, after I did the course, um, did a, a few games refereeing one season and then in the, the uh, pre-season next year... Uh, the person in charge of the referees in the middle of the time, Michael Schmaley, sent an email out saying, if you want to venture further, then you need to go to this place or this place. You've got to do your fitness tests. And I'm thinking, that's not for me. <laughs> I, 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 I'm very happy just refereeing in the Midlands at the moment and just seeing and helping the Midlands to grow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good question, actually. And people do ask it occasionally. Um do you know what? I would love to referee in the Super League. You watch it on TV and you go, I would love to do that. Um, and I think what's great is that you see, even in the few years I've been involved, where that progression is, that's really important. I think if you see the progression, it can also give you the ambition to to go and do that. And you see a realistic path 
which might not be the case in, say, rugby union or football. Um, do you know what? For myself, I think now I've hopefully established myself a little bit in the Midlands. Um, realistically, I'd probably like to go on and referee conference, national conference league, um, and then maybe touch judge in League One yeah. in the next sort of couple of years, potentially. Um, I think it's realistic. Um Am I good enough? Now, there's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And that, that's for other people to decide. But in terms of my ambition, yeah. And then kind of see where it goes from there. It's just, I think what's really important is there is a realistic path. And I, I think um, it's kind of already been said that, you know, it's offered out to you if you want to yeah. do the fitness tests. You know, if you want to start going, you know, traveling a bit further for these games, it's, it's there. So... Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see what happens in the future. Um, but realistically, yeah, next couple of years, sort of National Conference League would be would be good. Mm. But, but we'll see where it goes. I like the fact that uh, it's like little old rugby league. Um, there is, even though it's rugby league in the Midlands, there is still a standard. Um, to, if you want to referee women's super league, if you want to uh, referee wheelchair, there is a standard. But from what I can see um, from the emails I get, is that there is a pathway. If you want to achieve that standard, then you can get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's um, there's a referee um, in the north of England, um, and I remember going to college with him, um, playing rugby alongside him, and I've seen him on the referees' uh, lists recently as as high up as like reserve referee for super league. I'm thinking. How has that happened? But there is a pathway. Yeah. And and I, I do feel that if, if you want it, then it'll be provided for you. Mm. I mean, I suppose it poses the other side of the coin on that is that, you know, are people potentially being promoted maybe a bit early to these, you know, because we know there's an issue in terms of recruiting uh, or more importantly, retaining referees in rugby league. And there's been stories like in the national media and stuff about, you know, retention of referees um, and prominent Super League referees retiring um, for various reasons. But I think, you know, if you read between the lines a little bit, you know, there is the potential that maybe there's that clear pathway. But, you know, is is there times where people are going up that a bit too quickly? I, you know, I, I don't know. i just trying to yeah. play devil's advocate a bit that... Um, I guess the process needs to be rigorous at the same time and the right people are, you know, going up the ladder and, and end up refereeing in Super League. So if you've got someone that's like chosen interest, would like to be a referee or at least give it a go, I mean, what, what's, the, what's the routine? Like, you know, how, how, would you, how do you go about it? I don't know about uh, before COVID, but when COVID hit, I mean, you mentioned it earlier on, and I started to think, right, okay, am I going to be able to get back into rugby league? And that's when I started to look at refereeing. I thought, in the future, that's what I'd like to do. And at the time of COVID, with with everything going online, um, you think that might be a bit more difficult to get involved in. But now I think it actually it's a lot easier to get involved with refereeing. Yeah. Because there's a lot of courses out there provided by societies that are done online. So you don't actually have to... Th so like in the Midlands, you have to think, right, I've got to try and f find a way over to Sheffield... Oh, I've got to find a way up to witness to get to a course. You don't have to now because there's a lot of courses online. Um, you just have to go onto the Rugby League website and there's plenty of links there and or go into the different society web pages on Twitter and Facebook and it's there's plenty of invites out there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, I guess it's like in any sport, you know, it's sometimes just biting the bullet a bit and, you know, finding an email address or I, I think, you know, it, it, 
there's so much kind of out there on Facebook and things like that. And I think the RFL, certainly in Midlands, are, have been pushing courses locally. So, yeah, the opportunities are there. And I think COVID has given that opportunity to get more people in, in terms of doing virtual courses and then following up with a sort of practical element in person. Um, I did the, um, sorry, I did the, uh, you're supposed to do a course before it, online course where it's all about your knowledge of the rules. And I remember doing this before COVID and then I emailed someone at the RFL and says, right, what's my next step? And he says, right, someone will be in touch with you soon with a list of where the courses are. People never got in touch with me because, again, the courses aren't really in the Midlands. But, again, with COVID and everything going online, it's just easier to do the courses. Yeah. So there's no, there's no real excuse for people to say, oh, I can't do this now. The opportunities are there for you to be trained to do it. What uh, traits make a good referee, in, in your opinion? Um, patience. Or... Patience, <laughs> yeah. Patience, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> being a good manager. Um, yeah, no, I, I think... In some ways, you, in some ways, you've got to have quite a laid-back attitude, I think, and and have a bit of a thick skin, and you know, things let things ride off your back a little bit. Um, but then know the times when we're talking about stamping your authority. That you know, there's times when you do need to step up and you know, say your piece and make a decision, kind of thing. So and then back your decision, I suppose, and absolutely back your decision, and that's you know, that can be tough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of you've got the two sides you there that, that actually need to be someone, as you're saying, who, who allows free flowing rugby and might let the odd thing go here and there for the, the bigger picture of, of of having a good game. Um, but yeah, there's times, crunch points where, you know, you need to make a decision, back your decision and not back down. So um, I don't know, maybe it's a life skill more than anything at times, but yeah. I, I found that, you know, usually works quite well. Understanding in different ways is is really important. So you've got to understand the rules, right? First and foremost, right? But the other thing you need to understand is, is like what we've been talking about is the level of rugby that you're going to be faced with. Yeah, the you context of the game, yeah, the yeah. players. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, again, going back to as a player, I'm playing rugby league in the Midlands. It's a growth area. I don't want a referee who's going to come in stamping an authority and you've got six fellas who are playing the game for the first time. And that has happened before. And, it, and that doesn't help. So being, being a player, I think that has helped me a lot. Um, so now I'm a referee... I can think, like I've said before, I want to understand the players. Um, I want to understand the abilities of the different players. I want to understand what the clubs want out of the game as well. Do they want something where it's got to be refereed to the law? I mean, we do referee to the law, but there's certain things it's like, right, okay, um, you've not played the ball correctly. But again, it, the level of the game on that day is it's development, so you're coaching the players through it. So again, for me, it's uh, it's understanding on different forms. Do you think the best referees, because you're both different ends of the scale here, so do you think the best referees are people who've played the game or people who haven't played the game and but they understand the game? Well, here's me saying that um, I'm a fantastic referee because I played the game. That's not always the case. You can't say that because there's plenty of good referees who haven't played the, the game to a professional standard and they've become a professional referee when they're very young and they've gone on to be like some of the, the, the great referees. Um, so, But again, having an understanding of the playing background, it helps. Um, 
yeah, no, I, I would probably benefit from having played the game, I suppose. Um, but then I, th- I think probably the only area where I feel a bit deficient a little bit is sometimes, I've kind of joked about it, but those dark arts, you know, that you can probably yeah. only get from playing the game. Yeah. So, you know, I probably think that whilst I'm quite knowledgeable with the laws of rugby and the context of the game and, um, yeah, there's sometimes those little niggly dark arts things that you think you can try and get away with where probably players might get away with a little bit more with me as opposed to other referees but then again experience then once you start seeing it a few times that you pick up on those things so yeah it's it's, it's a really interesting question because you know you've got professional you know uh probably league referees union referees football referees who have probably never played the game or certainly not to a high standard but you know and then you've got others who you know i guess the idea is and people always cry out for this that they want ex-pros to be referees because they know the game but i think actually it's sometimes more the human qualities that you have that make a good referee good the, answer the, the, the rugby no, league did, yeah good answer <laughs> about 10 years ago the rugby league did i remember they did ask for ex-pros to take up the whistle because there was a lot of stuff going on, as there always is about referees. So I remember that you might remember a player called Jamie Bloom. He played for Witness, yeah, yeah. South African, yeah. and he went on to play for Halifax and Huddersfield. He took up the whistle. He did actually reach, I think, the semi-pro ranks, refereeing them, but you've not seen him since. And I, I think he's the only real ex-professional I've seen refereeing. Because, again, maybe they've realised, actually, what we were saying before, I think he's a thankless task. I need to stay away from it. So... Yeah, I think one of the, thinking about it, one of the best referees that there's ever been is he, he passed away recently. I don't know if you remember from the 90s, John Oldsworth. Um, and no, he passed away recently uh, from Kipax in Leeds. Uh, and I remember growing up thinking he's evil, he is, he, or he's just a real narc, he is. But he had such a respect from the players. The players knew where they stood with refereeing like that. And I think in the, in the modern game, there is quite a lot of, niggling going on from players towards referees and when when I speak to uh, my colleagues at work and tell them about rugby they always know that in rugby the referee they are king they, they're the people in control the players respect the referees but I'm seeing more and more these days unfortunately the referees are being controlled by some of the the players like yourself, Carl, I mean, you were, you're saying that you're trying to push things a little bit and I think we could do with getting a bit more respect back for the referees without referees actually going back to their, right, I'm in charge here. Um, so I think you just need a bit of a medium, I think. Well, I think, I mean, we're going to come on to go through our Super League prediction round in a minute. Um, but uh, we, last week we were talking about it, like, I, I think the rule changes last year hammered Super League in my in my opinion you know I was struggling to watch it mm. um, this year I think we've nailed it I think you know the, the, the yeah. Saints Leeds games of the week like you know I had a lot of Saints fans messaging me saying we were robbed you know what I mean and, and I was like I don't think you were robbed I, I thought it was just immense you know refereeing and unfortunately yeah. it didn't go your way mm. um, I, I really did think it was great I don't know if, what your think, thoughts are on that completely agree the game's flowing better this year than it has in years yeah I, I think the Super League's yeah brilliant this year I keep saying it but it's all about that understanding of, of these players and what they want out of the game what do the fans want out of the game they want to be a, see a bit of biff 
but they also want to see flow, uh, flowing game as well. They don't want to see a referee pinging every little thing they see. I mean, um, in in the winter, I started to watch the American football a lot more. Didn't have a clue what was going on after time, but I started to learn the rules. And when the referee holds the flag up or whatever they do, I'm thinking, what on earth have they found? And they're seeing every little tiny thing. I mean, I've played rugby union since I was 16, and I still don't know all the rules because there's so many little intricacies. And yeah. what I love about rugby league is it's, it's quite a simple sport. Yeah, yeah. Like easy, Yeah, simple. But once referees start pinging you for every little thing, it's like, all right, okay, you're going to turn people away here. Mm. Out of the Super League refs, who would you say, which ref would you say gets it right the most? Who, who would you like, you know, say he, he's probably the top ref in this country? Uh, Liam Moore, definitely. Um, he just, from my perspective, I'm probably quite wrong in this, but, you know, I do think he's pretty flawless, I think, in his, his refereeing. People would have other opinions, I'm sure, on that, but I think the way he communicates with the players is pretty spot on. Um, he tends to get a lot of the big decisions right. Um, you know, utilises video referee correctly, as touch judges, in goal judges. Um, yeah, it, just my opinion, it kind of epitomises what a rugby league referee should be. But, you know. So, um, there's referees, I mean, I agree with what you're saying about the both moors. They're very mm. methodical, they're very, you know where you stand with them. They're very much uh, professional type of referee but then you got like Robert Hicks um he's been in Super League for a long long time because and and I think he, he does well because he's got that rapport with players yeah, yeah. Mm. but they still respect him um he's very vocal so again you got that referee with the report you got the professional referee and so I think there's room in the game for all types of referees not just one person and mm. their characteristics apart from the French Referee <laughs> uh, in, in the wheelchair World Cup. But rugby league. Have you ever seen a performance <laughs> like that? I, I don't. I, I missed it. I don't know. Oh, great! I was watching like in absolute head in my hands. I was like texting whoever yeah. I could, going, Are "You watching BBC One right now? It's Friday night. BBC One. You know, yeah. there's a fair. You know, they'd big this thing up, and you know, other than that, it was great. And then, yeah, it was sort of towards the end, wasn't it? When you know. Because there was two referees. It, it, I think there was a Scottish referee, wasn't there, and a, and yeah, a French so they have referee. referee like a trail at, at and a either lead. end yeah. of the yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, you know, this Scottish referee was kind of getting everything right and was being relatively neutral. And it was just that England were getting on top of France. That was it. It was nothing more than that. Um, and it's when his hands started flailing and he's giving... <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's started doing all this sort of... And then, then the hands are going up and the hands are on the hips. And then the, and the crowd started giving him some abuse and he started abusing them back. And I, I remember watching oh, it thinking, are these like... This is a comedy. Well, no, I thought... Is this how um, wheelchair rugby league is referee with all the hand signals? <laughs> and then as it unfolded, I thought, this isn't how it should be. No, he's it? just and a rogue I'm referee like, that's uh, <laughs> somehow managed to get to the final. Yeah, there, I mean, yeah, there was obviously some sort of shady betting syndicate somewhere, <laughs> be, yeah. not very happy or, or yeah. something. I, I just, I, I couldn't. I he, he wasn't very happy, it. was he, that France were winning these? No. Toys went out of the pram and uh, it's. 
one of the most unprofessional things I've seen in any sport. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, in it, the yeah. context of sport yeah. generally, and I think in some ways it, it did a real, it kind of put a bit of a dampener on what was an amazing occasion because it raised the question, certainly as a referee, and it raises the bigger question in rugby league generally, you know, in the, in the top tiers of neutral referees because you know in the rugby league world cup as a whole you know there was like you know english referees refereeing england and australia you know and in the world cup final you know there's an australian referee um so it kind of for what an amazing tournament it was and it was amazing it still raised that question of an almost like amateurish well why have you got non-neutral referees like refereeing like a world cup final like it's kind of crazy when you think about it but i don't know you just would have thought maybe for 80 minutes he could have put some of his loyalties aside but it was obviously, obviously too much of a task <laughs> for him um and yeah he seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth for me. I, 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 I had anything i even i even yeah googled him the other day actually and i was like yeah still nothing from him <laughs> yeah when i was looking at it, i thought this does not look good for rugby league but actually, looking if we if England hadn't won, I'm thinking right, that was a disgrace. But actually, we won, great. But I look back at it, I think he did a lot for rugby league at that time because it was all over social media. <laughs> yeah, that's was true. It. And yeah. it's like, but they're the characters that we have in rugby league, and that's what makes us special. I think it's not just. I mean, I'd love rugby league in general to be more professional with the terms of organisation, but we've still got these characters, and yeah. I, th- yeah. I think I think we need it. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're going to move on to our prediction round in a minute. Last question from me, unless Carl's got anything. But I just wondered if being a referee changes the way you watch Super League now. Are you are you are you watching the referee? You know, to pick up tips and and and, and that kind of stuff. And, and just talk me through, like. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good thing and a bad thing, isn't it? Because absolutely, I'm watching the referee and going, well you know, I should referee like him. You know, I'm I'm Liam Moore, like, you know, down at Telford Raiders on Saturday when I'm not. Um, but yeah, no, I'm absolutely watching what they're doing, you know, trying to pick up tips. And I think, Carl, you said it, you know, Super League is a lot more free-flowing and I think they've kind of got it right a little bit this season. So yeah, in some ways you are looking to them um, for a bit of inspiration. And yeah, you do try and emulate them a little bit. Um Maybe without the theatrics, we've got to remember that we haven't got a video referee uh-huh. that we can talk to and that we can, you know, start like waving our arms and giving, a, you know, all the hand signals and stuff. But yeah, absolutely trying to emulate it in the best way possible. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, are, you getting do, the, are you getting the cameras this year? I've seen that I, we are, I, right. I, I've heard that the cameras are coming into it's, the amateur game. They are. So, so apparently they're being rolled out in the community game. I haven't seen anything yet on them. And I got really excited because I was thinking, yeah, it's going to look like I'm refereeing Super League and all this kind of thing. And then I saw a picture, I think it was on an RFL press release, and there was three referees with a harness on their head with... A, camera which is quite large kind of sticking out and actually I do, it's really weird because this was before you even asked me to come on this car I actually thought about standing in front of you on a Saturday afternoon with this big camera <laughs> on my head and wanting you to take me seriously and I was I was already on Amazon thinking can I get a chess rig for this yeah. GoPro because I'm not sticking that on my head um, but I think I, but the idea is great you know I, yeah. I think it will stamp out some of the as I say not that I've experienced it personally but obviously you do see that it does happen in the game 
I think it will put dampener on some of the worst excesses, I think, in rugby league if people know they're being filmed and it can be used as evidence in any yeah, yeah. disciplinary. So. Uh, well, since taking up the whistle, I am watching rugby league on a Friday night so I can look at it and think, right, I need to do that tomorrow. I need to make sure I'm using those hand signals tomorrow. Because again, looking at it from, I mean, I've watched Witness for like 30, just the, over 30 years, and we're looking at it from a spectator's point of view. The referee's not giving that decision, but actually looking at what the referee does when they made a decision, how they communicate with people, that's what I look at as well. Mm. And again, on a Sunday, I, I still go and watch Witness every Sunday or whenever they're playing home and away. And I'm not the same spectator I was when a, with my brother and my brother's heard like, Shouting at the referee, I'm just sat there thinking, no, the referee's made the right decision. He's only there, so. human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier on, when you're at our level, it's quite lonely at times because you're the only person in charge of these 26 players. I'll leave a flag on either side, and if people want to help me out, pick up the flag. If not, keep quiet. I won't yeah. say it like I, that. I, no, them, but <laughs> I, I, I do exactly the same thing. I know no one's coming, but yeah. I will leave those yeah. flags symbolically on the halfway yeah. line on each I'm, side. I'm not as sympathetic at, uh, with Super League referees because of all the um, the help they've got. Mm. And if they're not getting the help, then they need to be speaking to the touch judges. But again, they're only human at the end of the day. Mm. Um, they're not going to see everything. Again, with me on a Saturday, when they're saying offside, I'm looking, I'm thinking, I can only see that way and I can see that way, but something's going on there. And I'm thinking, I can't do everything. Yeah. And I will... I have made some mistakes, not because I wanted to, but because I'm just human at the end of the day. Absolutely. I, I do just want to add as well, in terms of when you're watching like the professionals at work, do you know what the one thing more than anything that I'm looking at is their positioning? Positioning, yeah. I was just because, you know, I, I think one of your questions earlier was like in terms of is there a challenging game that you can kind of think of? And for me, that was my first game refereeing in rugby league and it was the Ravens um, against Nottingham. And it was on like a dusty union marked pitch, like, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. And But they were so great. The Ravens were great, so hospitable and that kind of thing. But I remember my positioning was absolutely sodding horrendous for the entire 80 minutes. And both the coaches picked me up on it at the end. You know, I'm always open to feedback, but my positioning was horrendous. I, was, I thought I was refereeing game of union. I was about half a metre away from the ruck like every time and you know I only needed that one time to learn and actually my refereeing has improved immeasurably by the way I position myself yeah and yeah that I still week in week out watch where the referee is and yeah. go that's where I need to stand yeah and I'm a lot less tired as well actually because yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing so yeah, much running around yeah. so yeah if you yeah. keep that 10 like yeah you're not sprinting back so much so uh yeah no it's that's what I'm looking for out of anything. <laughs> okay, we're, we're about to move on. Um, I just want to throw this out to people listening and, uh, and watching wherever you, you're watching. Um, what is it about, or who is your favourite referee? You know, what characteristics do you like about that referee? You know, stick them in the comment box, you know, stick them on our social media or whatever, and um, let's get that conversation going. Okay, so we're about to move on to our prediction round. Um, you talked about understanding before, Mark, so we'll see what understanding you've got. Of those, of Not the a lot of Super League. <laughs> uh, well, listen, you don't have to worry too much because none of us are very good at it. So uh, 
Well, you say that, Craig. You did very well. Oh, I, did I was, was going to say, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Um, and I have been studying the oh, results <laughs> and the highlights for the past 24 hours. So, yeah, I'd like to think I'm in with a shout. Form guide. Well, you've got to beat Alex, so he got four last week. So that's you guys have got to get more yeah. than four. I won't hear the last of it from Alex if I do dismally. So, yeah. <laughs> and Craig, you're now level on points with me because you yeah, made five points last week. So. Uh, right, the first game then is... That's fantastic. Eight. <laughs> Stop taking piss. <laughs> the first game is a Thursday night game is Castleford versus Dirty Leeds. So um, Castleford have only scored 12 points in the last three games yeah. and are absolutely terrible. And are contenders with Wakefield for the bottom of the table, I'd say. Mm. And seeing as this is my section of the show... Craig, you're going first this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be watching it from that treadmill. That's where I watch all my rugby. You'll go on the treadmill and, uh, and watch the rugby. But um, that's a Leeds win, and uh, I think they're gonna, I think Leeds will win comfortably there. Because yeah. I said round five all yeah. along. Yeah, you did. did. Kick on. Yeah, I, it's going to be a comfortable Leeds win, possibly to naught, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, possibly, yeah. There's a lot going on at Castleford, isn't there? So, yeah. There is, but there's still talent in the side, so, you know, who knows, who knows, but... Yeah, we'll see. It's a weird game because it's Yorkshire Derby and apparently a form goes out the window, but oh, well, I'm not sure if either team have got really much form at the moment, so it could be anyone's, but Castleford, they're going through at the moment with everything that's gone on off the field with Radford and the other players up to whatnot. Um, but with last taken over last week, you think that there's a bit of a honeymoon, but no, because... He's still he's always involved in the previous regime. Um, so I don't think Cass will do much this week. Um, they need a proper shake-up. But I think Leeds, they will always be there or thereabouts. And I think Rowan Smith, he, he's got them, he'll have them sorted. So I'll, I'll go for Leeds. Yeah, I mean, one game that Cass always get up for is the Leeds game, isn't yeah. it? That's the, that's the one they want to win. They, you know, they seem as their big rivals, but they look absolutely terrible to Castleford at the minute. They so uninspiring the players don't look really look interested don't know where they're getting their first win from to be honest with I, you. I remember watching them against St. Allians and you think oh they've got some good passenger player and then they have a brain fart from out of nowhere like with that try and Mamo had a bit of a stinker as well in, in different games it's like you think you're getting somewhere but in Super League you've got to be on it all the way through mm. the game and Castleford just aren't yeah so I'm going Leeds as well clean sweep clean yep Friday night Huddersfield v Wigan. So Wigan lost to Catalan in what was the most uninspiring game of Super League this year, I believe. I, I don't know if you yeah, all watched, watched it. It, it, was, it didn't hold my attention at all. Um, <laughs> no, so I spent all last week saying how good Super League was, and I didn't want to. I didn't want <laughs> yeah. mi to miss a single game, and then I watched that game <laughs> on the Thursday night, and it was absolutely dire. Um, yeah, so Wigan lost to Catalan. And then Huddersfield, they picked up a win, obviously, against Cass. Huddersfield, fourth in the table at the minute. Who have you got? Oh, it's me again? Yeah, I yeah. There was a guest first. No, no, I've changed Who do I follow? I, would, I, I can't cop anybody. Yeah. All right. That's why I do think I've changed it up. <laughs> I'm going to say Huddersfield, Huddersfield win. I think it's Huddersfield narrow win. It's at Huddersfield. Yeah. Is it third against fourth? Yep, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to go Huddersfield. I don't want to be boring here, but yeah, I think Huddersfield are going to do it. I like Ian Watson. I like, he, he, he trains players really, really well. And when they got beaten the first round, I thought there's still more to come from them. 
we're going to really surprise me. I don't know what's going on, but I think one day they're going to smack a team. I oh, really yeah. do. Yeah. Mm. I'm not going to say they're going to smack Huddersfield, but I'm, I think their time will come. So I'm going to go for Wigan, but not by much. Right. Yeah, I think on the back of... So Wigan, they the, the played dreadful one week and then they come back yeah. the next week. So they were uninspiring last week. So I'm backing them to come back this week. I think Wigan might just tip it. So, yeah. Right, next one. This is 10th place, St. Ellen's <laughs> yeah, yeah. versus Hull. So, yeah, um, Saints a very uh, surprising loss last week to Lee uh, against Hull, who lost, well, they got an absolute battering, didn't they, to Salford. So, Hull ninth in the table, Saints 10th in the table. Didn't think I'd be saying that. I'm, I'm going to say a Saints win. Um, I think all, I, th I think they'll just pick it up and, and crack on again. I think this is the week. Yeah. I am, as I was saying just before we started, I am the world's biggest Plastic Saints fan because <laughs> I just love watching their style of rugby league. Um, yeah, I will watch them religiously. And yeah, they've, yeah, I've just got to say it. I don't care who they're playing. They're going to win. <laughs> Saints have had a tough time recently. I mean, since they've come back off the plane. Um, Hull, they've all, no matter what coach they've had in Super League, they'll hammer a team one week. And then the next week, it's like, where on earth has that, that performance team, come yeah. from? Even I thought with Tony Smith, I thought they'd have sorted yeah. that out. But obviously they haven't. So again, are they going to come back and smack a team who were on the uppers a little bit? Or are Saints going to show the true form? I think, I think Saints will snatch this one. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll see a much improved performance by Hull, but I still think Saints are going to be the team of back this week I mean, world, world champions no less so you know world yeah. champions who lost to uh, they lost their shit against Leeds they lost, yeah. they lost <laughs> to a, a small town in Wigan last <laughs> week <laughs> <laughs> the leopards uh, Warrington v Lee then next um, Lee seventh in the table this is at wire um, obviously Warrington are doing very well they haven't yeah. lost yet top of the table I think comfortable win to to, to Warrington. And we yeah. all said that last week when uh, Lee was playing Saints. Remember? Yeah, I know we did. I know we did. But Warrington are on fire, and Lee have had a couple of lucky weeks. I, I was going to say, I, I, part of me thinks that what's going on at Lee, who are kind of middling at the moment, is it going to tail off? Warrington again. Let's speak about being a plastic fan. Probably my second team. Um, I like going up there and watching them. So yeah, I'm going to go comfortable Warrington win. I think. I think Lee, no matter what happens this season, they'll be entertaining both on the pitch and off it with their owner and everything that's going on. They're really doing something special in Super League. Um, it really pains me to say, being a Witness fan, and I cannot stand Warrington, but I don't know. It won't be their year, but I think they'll just come through with a win with this one. Yeah, I think Warrington. Just quickly though, did anybody see uh, <laughs> Derek Beaumont's tweet to uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the Steve Prescott Foundation? <laughs> and bless him, he even tried to dig himself out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just stop. In true, yeah, in true Twitter fashion, yeah, I can tweet my way out of yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, he's a character. Isn't yeah, he? another another rugby league character. Uh, Saturday is Catalan v Hull KR. So Hull KR, another team who were a bit hit and miss there. Two two wins, two losses, sitting sixth in the table. They lost last week to Warrington. And then Catalan, obviously, they're top of the league, haven't lost yet, picking up that win against uh, Wigan. I'm struggling to call this one. Um, I, I can't... 
It's that, it's in it's that catalog. I know, and, that, and that's that's the only thing that's kind of swaying it for me. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go for a Hull KR win. Ooh, yeah, and and and, and I don't really know. I'm looking at. It, I'm like, you know, I know Callan at, at home, and I just I, I don't know. I just think Hull KR. Is this actually this is the point where I can say about my little Catalan dragon story? Oh actually, yeah, when I was yeah, hell. throw it in because it is Catalan's hell KR, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just throw it in there. So yeah, I was saying to these guys earlier, I was ten years ago. I was in Perpignan actually, um, and I very unfortunately didn't get to see the game. But uh, Catalan were playing Hull KR. Um, I think it was the Friday night, and anyway, we're flying back to Manchester on the Saturday. Um, and, you know, on the taxi back to the airport, past the ground, I'm like, you know, I really wish I was at the game last night, but there you go. Um, got to the airport and, yeah, there was about 150 whole KR fans, like, all shirted up and, you know, looking like whole KR fans. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those tiny little Perpignan, I'm not sure if it still is, a tiny little airport, one scanner, one security guard, that kind of thing. Anyway, who I was travelling with, it, you know, said, have you got any liquids in your bag? Because I'm renowned for having liquids in my hand luggage and getting picked up for it you know I've been strip searched at Newquay airport before and so you know and I'm like no no of course I haven't anyway anyway we went through the one scanner um, and I had a can of Pepsi Max in the uh, bottom of my bag and then yeah proceeded to get everything emptied out on the table went and got searched in the room all the while holding up the away contingent of whole KR fans who weren't that happy with me in the departure lounge afterwards so. the only way that could have been worse if you'd have been wearing a black and white shirt yeah, no. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah I'm probably you know still not very popular in Hull so yeah anyway in a really roundabout way um I love watching Catalans play um, are they my third team? Yeah, probably. Yeah, love watching them play. Uh, doing really well this season, you know, and they're building up to something big, I think. So, uh, yeah, Catalan win. I think Super League at the moment is just so hard to predict um, because you've got lights and tellings going down um, and you've got teams like Lee picking up a, a few wins and you're all KR. They're a bit of a surprise. but so It's hard to predict, but Catalans, for me, they're quite consistent. Uh, every, I mean, every team at the moment is having their blip. They're still trying to find each other out, but I think no, Catalans, especially on ground, they'll come away with it. Yeah, Catalan at home for me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe I've just thrown away my. <laughs> I've just pulled. A, I've just pulled a point back there. Yes. <laughs> Sunday, Salford v Wakefield. Wakefield. <laughs> go on, Carl. Uh, yeah, go on. I've got to stick booting away for this tradition. It. I do it every week now. <laughs> They've not scored a point in 240 minutes of rugby league. Not a point. You don't put much in red on this bit of paper, Cal. <laughs> you put that in red. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think they should do? Do you think uh, first couple of minutes they should go for a drop goal just to <laughs> try and get a point beat in. the duck and then they might be back in it then, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. um, this, uh, you know, I think Salford's going to win. And I, I think th th I'm really looking forward to that game. Because Salford can play some brilliant. You look at their their highlights on uh, on, on social media, you know, and um, there's some brilliant play. And against the, you know a hurt team like Wakey, it could be quite exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, yeah, they've got a good squad this season. I think Salford. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a really high. There might be a chance that it ends nil-nil when there's a point in golden point extra time maybe to break that duck. So, you know, it might be 320 minutes by the end of it. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think Salford win, I think. 
I think you're being a bit positive. You lot, we did comments <laughs> about Wakefield. Oh, just insane. Uh, <laughs> Salford are playing some good rugby. They always do under Paul Rowley and Wakefield are just Salford. Salford are going to win. He's a great coach, isn't he, Paul Rowley? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, yeah. I remember it, it, many years ago he, he was in charge of Lee and he, he just became renowned from a, 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 a coach that was just out to just get teams beaten up. And I think he's learned learned a lot from the last few years. I mean, he was coach at uh, Toronto for a bit mm. as they were going up through and then uh, he took a step back, became assistant at Salford. I think he's he's done well to learn. I think he, he plays some really good rugby league with his teams. Yeah, it's always expansive stuff, in yeah. it? And Salford are great to watch at the minute. Yeah. I mean, their highlight mm. reel against Hull last week was brilliant, mm. awesome to watch. Yeah, Wakey ain't got a chance. <laughs> I'm going to get absolutely battered. Where are they going to pick a win from Wakefield? I don't know. I when don't did, know. When did they play Castleford? I was just going to say, yeah, when, <laughs> when's Castleford, yeah. Battle of West Yorkshire, that'll be. Okay, so that's our fun prediction round. Um, so we'll look forward to getting those results next week and see if I've thrown thrown away my, uh, well, it was joint, weren't we? Joint yeah, on points, but yeah. we'll see. Um, okay, so we're going to move into our extra time golden point. Okay, so the question was set by Alex and we recorded that last week and here's that clip now. Al, so have you got a question for the their golden point okay I do um, and look it's a bit different to previous week's questions which have all been quite complex and you, you needed a whole hour to answer properly mine's very simple and, and uh, in line with what we've talked about tonight so uh, what is it about rugby league that you absolutely love like what tell us what you love about this sport or that you want something that somebody else to discover about, about rugby league simple as that Great question, and uh, I remind everyone to use hashtag positive RL this week. Yeah, Al was very much about positive RL. You know, that was his thing, hashtag positive mm. RL. Um, so we're, he's really pushing for this evangelistic sort of approach to, 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 to rugby league. Yeah. Um, hence this question, you know, what is it about rugby league that you absolutely love, and what is it you want other people to learn about rugby league? So whether they're new to the game or, or whatever. I think for myself, what do I love about rugby league? Um... I think we've already mentioned it a couple of times. I like the inclusivity. The It's a very egalitarian sport. I think rugby union still has a... I think there's a hangover of in terms of a hierarchy and there's a sort of class association with it that I still think is, you know, lingers a little bit um, to its detriment. And you see that in the national side even now. Um but I think rugby league is welcoming, welcoming of anyone, um, and I've experienced that myself as someone who is a newcomer to rugby league. But I've been able to immerse myself like fully in it and have been welcomed with open arms, be it by other referees, other teams, or coaching staff. You know, I'm yet to have a negative experience in it, and you know, that's a great feeling. And I think where that's important going forward is that my son, who's seven, I could easily have taken him up to the local rugby union club, but I want him to play rugby league because of the positive experience that I've had in the sport in a relatively short space of time, is that I know he can enjoy his rugby in playing rugby league here in the Midlands. Um, and for me, that's the most important thing. You know, I took him to... Um, one of the games at the World Cup to France Tonga at uh, Warrington. You know, we had a great day out and, you know, 
the spectators were amazing, the other supporters, you know, the games going on outside the ground. Um, yeah, you just felt it, that inclusivity and, you know, anyone can get involved and, you know, it sounds a bit mushy and cliche, but it's true. And for me, that's what's really important is positive experience I've had is now rubbing off onto him. And yeah, I just want him to enjoy his rugby. And for me, rugby league is the way forward with that. And that's all I want. I just want him to enjoy his rugby. You know, I'm not too bothered about winning, losing, whether he's going to be a professional or whatever. I just want him to grow up enjoying rugby and uh, rugby league provides that, I think. So, yeah, that's really, you know, important to me. And, yeah. Perfect answer. Great answer. I love absolutely everything about the sport itself. I mean, in, in the Midlands now, I'm still all about... I play rugby union more often, but I still Ooh. love the rugby league. That's what I was brought up on eventually. Um, maybe I wasn't brought up on fantastic rugby for most of it, but uh, no, I just love it all. But some of the things that I, you mentioned, the inclusivity. So if you think about uh, rugby union, you go away and play rugby union. If you don't have a front row, you can't have a scrum. Uh, you need these three specific players to form the front row. You need specific players to play inside centre or outside centre. With rugby league, it's, you normally play prop. Well, this week you can play loose forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you play wing? Well, this week you can play centre. And I think no matter what position you play in rugby league, you can adapt it to other positions. Um, so, yeah, inclusivity in terms of everyone can play. And it doesn't matter if you're normally... Because in, in rugby union, if you're a prop forward that is what position you're going to play. And if you've got uh, three other prop forwards and another three prop forwards, then they will just have to rotate in the front row. But in rugby league, it's what you need a breather in the front row. Uh, Right, you come off and this player who normally plays second row, they can play in the front row. They'll just give it the best shot as well. Um, So, yeah. And and I said earlier on, rugby league for me, it's a simple game. It's not complicated. Um, So... It's easily people coming from rugby union to rugby league, they pick it up really quickly. Um, other things I just love about rugby league is the family spirit. We're a, we're a small sport in comparison to a lot of other sports. Um, but when some, so we're quite protective of our sport. So when something happens in our sport that we need to gather around people, that's what we do with the Kevin Sinfield with Rob Burrow. So again, that just encapsulates what rugby league is about for me as well. Just the, the family side of it, the community side. Mm. Great, both great answers. I, I think um, you know that sums up. Like you said, Alex, about that sort of evangelical kind of you know positivity in rugby league. I think the recent World Cup absolutely summed that up to a T. You know, with the men's, the women's, the wheelchair game. You know, the um, stadiums it was played in, uh, the coverage it received, the positivity around that, the legacy from that, that we're seeing money filter down, you know, to, let's say, I coach with Shrewsbury Lions, the the money for the equipment that we're getting there is, I think it just summed up that positivity in rugby league, like just massive in that one event. You know, I'm yet to see... uh, a tournament that kind of almost got it so right within the context of its popularity, but actually managed to project itself on the national and world stage in terms of punching above its weight massively because it exuded everything positive about rugby league. And as we've been saying about family spirit, all that kind of thing, I think that was just projected massively. I think it was almost perfect 
other than the French referee in the yeah. wheelchair. <laughs> and we're not yeah. taking a step back from there on out. <laughs> no. Up no. we go. Up, up, I, up. And, and, just, and just to chuck in my story as well, that I, was, I, was, I was saying, you know, I, I had my little list of stories I wanted to chuck in, but my, uh, my girlfriend at the moment, my uh, first date with her was the Rugby League World Cup final at Old Trafford. I actually procured some tickets, and instead of going for a coffee in Starbucks in Shrewsbury, uh, we went up to Manchester and spent 14 hours together watching some quality rugby league football no better first date so yeah so talk about positivity in rugby league you know uh, i think she thought it was dull as hell um but yeah we're still together that there, 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 there's the, there was the answer yeah. say, he's still together yeah. <laughs> or was it a relegation he did say it at the moment though. yeah <laughs> so yeah it was, it was a positive uh world cup all round really you know my lad got to enjoy it i went on a first date at the world cup final and yeah i, I just there was so much positivity from that i think is uh to go forward now um yeah i mean i, I could i could we could Talk hours answering yeah. this question. You know, it's one of those, isn't it? You could do a whole series on this question alone. It's a great question. Um, I'm just going to pick one thing that I, I really love about the sport. And, um, and and I love it when when union players or other sports are just like, fuck that. Mm. I love that moment when he's like, no, no, are you kidding me? You don't, you can't hide on the wing. You know what I mean? You're moving all the time. You know, it's proper collision sport where you've got two you know, people sprinting at each other. No, 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 that's not... And I, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what, why I play because, you know, I wasn't... I'm meant to kick a ball around and bloody pretend, to, pretend I'm hurt and all that kind of stuff, so I love that. When I moved down to the Midlands, speaking to the, the fellow who used to run Wolverhampton Wizards, and uh, I said, why are we getting so many different players each week? He said, he said, the players, they do like the game. He says, so why aren't they coming back all the time? He says... Because it's just too bloody hard. Rugby league is brutal. They're not yeah. used to this. Like I said, you can hide in, in other sports that you play. Mm-hmm. But in rugby league, it's like in American football, you can go through your whole career not actually touching a ball. In rugby league, you will touch the ball quite a lot in one game, no matter what position you play. Yeah, well, so, and you should do. You, know, yeah. you need to share the work, don't you? Otherwise, your team get found out. So, yeah, yeah I love that. I'm interested in what you've got, Carl. Oh, like you, I could say a million answers and probably talk for could make a whole series of podcasts of what I love about rugby league. But the the, the I think the one thing for me just keeps me keeps me sane. Like if if I'm stressed at work or you know you got problems going on in your life, you get on a rugby pitch for eighty minutes and you go and absolutely just run yourself ragged bash the other opponents you'll get bashed yourself and um, I'll come off after 80 minutes and I'm refreshed I might be injured <laughs> highly likely I'll probably be injured but usually yeah. depends how long you've stayed on the pitch yeah after I wake up in an ambulance I feel much better yeah so it's it just uh, it's, it's, um, it's like a way out for me it's like a bit of escapism I don't, I don't know how you'd put it but yeah it's, it's a way to relieve the but it's very Stress. primal, isn't it? Like we're not designed to just sit and watch Netflix for hours on end. Look, humans weren't designed to do that. You know, we're fucking warriors at heart. You know, yeah. and we need challenge. And you know, I, there's a great saying that I use all the time, and that's irritated oysters make pearls. You know, and people are very much the same when they get. You know, when we've got challenge and a bit of biff. You know what I mean? And our backs against the wall, we just do great stuff, and you know, we feel fulfilled after it. So. Oh, and all that bit of fluff is that's come off the I think I think that's why I'm struggling to to let go and to retire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, because yeah. I, I am at that point probably where I need to stop playing. Cool. 
Carl, we all know we'll see you in a few weeks. (laughs) Down at the Raiders, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To be confirmed. (laughs) That's a conversation for you and your wife, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the saying at the minute. Right, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. It really has. Um, This episode has been everything I expected and a whole lot more. So thank you very much from me for your input. Yeah, like Mark, I I knew you and and Louis. I feel like as we're going on this little journey and speaking to more people, I'm just making more friends and, and, and you know and which is what rugby league's about in it and it's what this this show is about so yeah mm. thanks for coming on guys I've really thank enjoyed you. it no th- thank you so much I, I was saying to Craig earlier you know it is and I joke that I had a driver from the dr- from the train <laughs> station here um, you did have biscuits but the dogs ate but the, the dogs ate the biscuit I only came for the biscuits but <laughs> but like in all sort of seriousness it is that you know you, you I'd say to anyone who who gets invited or like to come on this show and share their experiences i think that you are you're made to feel like a rock star for a, a couple of hours and it's great to share but it's great to share those experiences and i think you know speaking to people sometimes off the field as well because like you know i've met carl a few times on the pitch and stuff but you know it's been amazing to sort of build that relationship off the field as well and what we can do going forward as well so it can only benefit rugby league in the midlands more so yeah i you know fully recommend if anyone gets invited and wants to come on you know come on and, and share your experiences and I honestly thank you guys I've really enjoyed it no, I've, been, I've been excited all day about it so. <laughs> <laughs> been amazing you, you don't feel obliged to answer if you don't <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you feel like a rock star Mark <laughs> no no <laughs> I, I, I was, I'm thinking about jacking my job in tomorrow and becoming a uh, influencer. <laughs> <laughs> no, when when uh, when I go home, me and my daughters will be like, oh, can we, can, when can we watch? I'm like, no, they didn't record it. It's in 4K as well. You can watch it on your TV, so you yeah, can be massive, like honestly. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, just a little bit of a look forward. Um, we... We've got nothing set in so in stone yet, but one thing we are looking at in the future is perhaps a rugby league outsiders awards ceremony towards the end of the season. Um, like I said, there's nothing organised at all, but I just want to float the idea because I know there'll be champions out there in the game, volunteers, referees, players that just need a bit of recognition. And the idea is that you know we 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 bring all clubs in the Midlands together, and then you know we celebrate some of those wins because this podcast was formed to make people feel like. Rugby League's a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. because it is a big deal to me. It's a big deal to you guys. You can, you can tell just the way that you talk about the sport. Uh, and we, if we can make other people feel like they're a big deal, then we can hold on to them and, you know, and give and attract other players to the game as well. So mm. I'll just follow up that. Anything else for you, Cal? I mean, what guests we got coming up? Uh, we've got Adam Bates from Sherwood Wolf Hunt next week, uh, and he has a wealth of knowledge within the Midlands and international. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. Yeah, he's one of those players where, where we, we get little tips all the time. You need to speak to this person, you need to speak to this person. And, and he was one of the first, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, like, you've yeah. got to speak yeah. to him. More so. than one time he's yeah. been sort of recommended. <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> well, I'm still surprised I got a text. I was like, Carl, have you texted the right person? Yeah, but... <laughs> Just put it out there as well. If I haven't responded to anybody, I do apologise and I will respond to everybody because my inbox is quickly filling up. It's um, yeah. yeah, a bit of an indication. I don't want to drag this on too long, but you know, we're, we're speaking to people in Toronto, in Canada, up in Edinburgh, you know, down in Cornwall, all over the place, you know, and I think it's just going to, become more and more popular so hang in there if you're waiting for a reply or you know um yeah we will get in touch eventually yeah definitely 
Okay, thanks again, gents. Thank and um, like I said, look forward to our prediction. See how we do with our <laughs> predictions. And uh, until the next episode, take care. Thank you. Cheers.